Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Here we go, Ben. It is the Man Fuse podcast. Another day, another episode, another meeting. Two guys and a microphone. That's what it is. Two guys and microphones. That's right. Two turntables and a microphone. Yeah. Well, actually, you don't even have that chica, these chica, days. Chica. You normally could just have one digital thing and a microphone. And, and off to work you it's are. It's one turntable and a microphone and off to work you are. That's right. So today on the Man Fuse podcast, we're going to talk about how using AI to help take some of the mundane tasks off your plate could actually be a great thing. While I know AI, the thought of it at the most extreme level, can seem kind of scary as to the unknowns, but it can handle a lot of stuff that makes life a bit easier. And also, we weigh in on the amount of time invested in doing something, whether it be sports, business, anything that you invest time in. At what point do you become an expert? Well, there's actually some stats about how much time invested qualifies you as an expert. So, Ben. So, uh, how you doing, Ben? Good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I feel like it's been a been a minute. It has. It has. So, Ben has been busy. Have you been? Oh, my gosh. All the good things? I mean, you know, basically, deals right now, they're like car wrecks. And so, you just have to sift through the ashes of them and try to make things work. My stepmom, who's in my downline, I used to yeah. be a former real estate agent, and with a certain company named Keller Williams, after you've been an agent for so long, they give you the opportunity of recruiting yeah. kind of like a downline type right. thing. So you could bring on other agents to KW. KW is going to take a percentage of their money anyway, and out of that percentage of the money they take, they do what's called a profit sharing. Now, when you're an agent with Keller Williams, I believe, for three years, you become what's called vested. That means when you leave Keller Williams, any downline that remains at Keller Williams, you will still receive a check. Now, I... Up until recently. What do you mean up until recently? Recently, they're turning off the spigot if you leave for more than three years. Well, when did that go into effect? Last week. Is did it really? Yeah. We all grandfathered in? How are they going to cut me off? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Well, now Ben just ruined my day. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, I've been receiving profit-sharing checks for, oh shit, 10 years now? Wow. I have not even been an agent. Right. Active. Not in Keller Williams, not anywhere. And I've still been receiving money. Well, my stepmom, she capped her first month of the year in May. Yeah. But hasn't had a transaction since. Apparently, it's hard out there. It's a really difficult time right now. Not a lot of people are buying. Not a lot of people are selling. Things are swirling. All the economic factors are swirling like a hurricane. People, there's a lot of fear in the marketplace. Interest fear. rates are high. I mean, I wrote a contract yesterday for $1.1 million at an 8.62% oh. uh, interest rate. Oh, God. And so how much of that payment is interest? 
8.62%. What is that equivalent to? You say it's, um, you know, on a million bucks, 86 grand a year on a million. Whereas at 3% on a million is 30 grand a year. Big difference. 80 grand a year, 30 grand a year. 50 grand. Just on interest. Divided by 12, right? Yeah, right. I mean, 80 grand a year, what? 7,000 a month. month. Jesus. In interest. Now add the principal. Now add a homeowner's insurance. And, now and your fl- property taxes. taxes. That's got to be like a 20K payment. Get up to probably 12 or 13. 12 or 13K? On a million dollar house. How much down though, typically? Well, I mean. I'm just quoting it off of he's putting 35% down. So he's getting a 65% loan. And that's how people are hedging inflation right now. Is there is a lot of equity in the marketplace still. Most places where we are have doubled in value since, say, 2020. You know, so people still have a lot of equity. And so that's the hedge on inflation is you put down instead of 10 or 20 percent, people put down 35, 50 percent. And how does that hedge inflation? Well, because not I didn't mean inflation. I said that. But you hedge high interest rates by borrowing less. You put more down and you borrow less money. So if it was a million dollars that got you a three thousand dollar a month payment, well, now it's five hundred thousand dollars borrowed that gets you the same three thousand dollar a month payment so how much are you going to put down how much are you going to borrow people have equity so they're still able to get into a good house because they can put 600 grand down or something like that right right yeah we would do pretty well if we sold this house right that's now. what i'm but saying where would we go but if you had to you know like like mike who moved down to florida mm-hmm. if you had to sell right now for some reason you'd have a big windfall of cash i mean you yeah. really would and you would be able to then go decide what you were going to purchase. But let's say you wanted to keep your note at, I don't know, 400000 500000 pretty solid note. Like you want to borrow four or $500,000 right now, you're still going to be at three, four grand a month. So that's a pretty common spot for folks. Now you got eight hundred grand cash and you can decide, okay, we're going to borrow 400000 do we want to put 400,000 down? Well, now we're looking for an 800,000 our house. Do we want to put 200 down? Now we're looking for, you know, 600,000. So, you know, and that's what people are doing. So, it's difficult. People aren't moving right now unless they have to move. Unless it's like a, a job relocate or a, Yeah, I mean, we um we're making right now 60 to 70 contacts a day, and that would typically generate an insane amount of business. And we are generating good business. But it is not even close to what it would be in previous markets. And I think it's going to get worse, honestly. You know, it's just gearing up. It's wartime, basically. You got to go into a wartime mentality instead of like a peacetime mentality. And it just changes the job. What you do to get businesses, it just becomes a completely different day. I have been on a war path of action. Yes, you have. I have been Action Jackson. I've been trying to figure out the methods to which Manfuse Productions, a.k.a. Foo Media, mass contacts, mass identifies and establishes contact with multiple different profiles in this business that we're going into. We've got, I call them company leads. Those are more our marketing agencies. Those are going to be people who already have a high clientele of these clients that we're kind of targeting, which are leaders in business and in industry. And 
Have you ever seen any of Alex Hermosi's stuff? Have you yeah, seen like, like all like his, yeah. have you bought his stuff? Yeah. Remember when I was saying we need to read a book together? It's his book. Okay. Well, I've been watching all of, you Yeah, Hermosi's a beast. He's a beast. And a lot of this stuff is kind of common sense, you would think, but he has kind of put it in a way of the system that he has used and employed to generate hundreds of millions of dollar businesses. Whether it be from employees to systems for cold emails, partners and affiliates. And so I've been watching a bunch of his stuff and we are real close to having a six month plan that we are going to follow. And we are going to relay our results to you in kind of a each week broken up weekly reporting a weekly report of what we were supposed to do and how we did and what our results are so therefore if there is anybody out there building a business launching a new product an entrepreneur that wants to follow our journey we're going to make it real easy for us to i mean you know not discounting any of alex hermosi's stuff but you look at alex hermosi and he's already He's already made it, even though he's telling you what he did to make it. We are now going to employ some of those tactics and along with some other things that I'm working on. And we're going to let you come along for the ride. I love it. And hopefully, so you could see how we make it. Yeah, man. We're on the verge of some pretty big things. Already got some pretty big things going on, I think, on the verge of some really big things. I think so. And I mean, and I'm super excited. Lately, I have just been... I've been dialing. I've been calling. I mean, I haven't been doing 100 a day or anything like that. That's probably what I should be doing. 100 a day is a good number. It takes a while, though. It takes, you know, 100 is just six to eight hours of calling. It's about 10 to 12 an hour. Well, it depends on who you get on the phone and it, how long you stay on the phone. Yeah, and- but it averages. You average about 10. Say 10 an hour is what you're going to mm-hmm. average. In some hours, you'll get 20 people that just say, yeah, no thanks. With your dialer, do you even leave yeah. a message? Yeah, this is something that we can that we can definitely employ. What you do is you pre-record a message. And then when someone's voicemail picks up, you just hit a button and it drops that pre-recorded message. So it could be like, hey, this is Kaylee, or hey, this is Ben H with, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't say anything. I don't say anything as to who I'm with, what I want, yeah. because that leaves them like, they might go, oh, I don't know who this person is. But I will say, I do do a shameless name drop. I have been saying that I do work with The Burt Show. Because whether they're out of state and they've never heard it, I say a syndicated morning radio show because if it's a marketing agency, they might think that I'm a client, that I want to pay them for marketing. Even yeah. It's not my show, but right. that's not what I'm there to do at all. But I do work with The Burt Show. I'm not necessarily calling on Burt Show terms. But I explain that as soon as I get them on the phone. But it's that the air of mystery, yeah, which I feel will get me a call back faster. That's not always the case, but I feel by being vague, because when I call back again after they don't call me back, eventually they're going to go, who is this person? Right. And they're going to call me back. If I say, hey, I'm with uh, Foo Media, you know, and we're looking to do this, they're going to decide right then and there whether they're even interested without even hearing me out. Mm -hmm. That's how I kind of feel. So that's how I've been approaching it. And it's funny, though, because after I've made 10 or 20 phone calls that I've left, and I think this week was kind of a bad week to do it 
in terms of other weeks because some people are still out of town. So a lot of people use Labor Day week as a vacation time. Right, right. And so I got a lot of voicemails. And when it wasn't the person's cell phone and I was getting to their main office, you know, they weren't in. And I was transferred to their voicemail. But it's funny, though, because then when they do call back, I'm sifting through my mind real quick, like trying to remember, like, because I normally go to their website for a marketing agency beforehand. I want to just confirm to see if I see anything. Same thing I do with a financial advisor. Yeah. Because if it's a financial advisor who I'm going after, I want to see if they have a podcast or not. Sure. If they're employing video marketing. Yeah podcasts as those mediums as as in terms of they creating content yeah. because if they are creating content i'm now switching my position to see if they're happy with the person that's creating the content yeah not going after them as a hey you're not doing this don't you think you should be yeah i mean i'm not saying it's a bad thing to do but a lot of times you can waste time researching people before you call them because they may not even pick up the phone. Now, when they do pick up the phone, obviously you're more prepared to what you want to discuss, but it's also something that can be knocked out with a question. You know what I mean? Like when you have them on the phone, do you currently have a podcast? Boom. That can send you in one or two directions. You know what I'm saying? And it's a fast way of asking. Boom. You know what I'm saying? Versus, okay, I'm looking this person up. I'm looking at their website. I'm, I'm researching. I might, you might look at them for two or three minutes times a hundred people. You know, that could soak up a few hours Versus once you get them on the phone, just be like, hey, do you have a podcast or some kind of a question that would indicate one of two directions. So I see there's value in that, but I also see there's a little value in kind of having done a little research puts you like, hey, this you're not just going down a list. I'll tell you how we do it with real estate. Maybe that helps. What we do with real estate is when we get someone on the phone, when someone answers I already have it set up where I just click their address and it opens a Zillow file. It's like a hyperlink. You know what I'm saying? It's already built in. The same kind of thing could be executed with their website, right? You know, with real estate, it's like there's a method of of calling where you can look at the property before. Like I have the dialer set up. There's two different ways of going about it, right? I can click the left, the button on the left. I can look at the sheet before I call it and then I can hit call or I can just hit call the list. And then whenever someone answers, then their profile pops up and I can go and look at their house. So do I want to look at their profile before they answer or do I want to look at their profile after they've answered? And the reason why we typically do it after they've answered is because the call made to call answer ratio is drastic. It's like 30%. You know, so 70%. Now, if we're just calling 10 people, yeah, research them all. But if you're calling 500 people and only 30% of them are going to answer and it takes you two minutes to research each one and that's 350 times two minutes, that's 700 minutes that it's going to take you to look at their shit for two minutes before you call them. So I think it's different with every application, but uh, yeah, I think, I think if, if I was going to sit down and I had, and I was like, okay, I'm knocking out a hundred right now. But with this, because I know we have a great service that you've employed to basically get the data that's needed. 
And that's just a very specific data set. Now, we can take, and still nonetheless, we have big lists. So we can take lists of, you know, 50 or 5 or 5,000 contacts. We can upload them. We can segment financial planners, entrepreneurs. So you know which list you're contacting. That's right. So we can segment different lists. We can have them all uploaded. One of the sections of the upload sheet will be a website. So that'll be part of the profile that comes up. We got all that information. When they answer, so you can just hit the website. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. That is cool. Again, if if you're just calling 10 people, sure, whatever. You know what I mean? But if you're trying to get through 500 or something like that, you know, because that's what we do every day. So. so we, I had somebody on Tuesday come over who's kind of out of a job at the moment. He'll remain a little nameless, but he's been helping me out a little bit on some video stuff. And um, I said, hey, man, I got an opportunity. So we sat down on Tuesday and I was like, listen, if you want this opportunity, I think you can see how it's got a lot of legs and potential. And while this, I can't pay you like a salary, but you have the opportunity of earning residual income and you could essentially put together video packages to help because video content for some of these financial companies is huge besides repurposing podcast audio and video. And I said, you know, you could really head that up. And so we sat down, went through the list. He was right next to me. He heard me make, it was one of those days where I was like, this might not be a great week to call because no one was answering. I probably called 20 people, left messages. Some of them called me back. Some of them probably aren't even in town yet. And then I had him make some phone calls. Now, will he go off on his own and make these calls? I've given him a list. He knows the opportunity. I don't think since I sent him the list, I think it's been two days. I don't think he's done anything. I was listening to Alex Hermosi and one of the things he was saying with employees, and this is more like a, it would be like an employee type deal, but he would be commission based, right? And He'd be a 1099. Yeah, yeah, right. So, but still kind of like an employee, you know, Alex Hermosi says he normally gives his people about three weeks. Yeah. If after three weeks, they just don't get it, they're just not an action person. Right. And we've talked about doers and thinkers before, you know, for an employee, you want doers. You don't want people thinking around unless you have a think tank. Right. That that's all you want from this person is their great idea. Do more. Right. We need doers. We need action. We need, because you can train a doer, fine tune their performance there. But the fact is they're doing. That's right. And that is what it takes to build shit. You know, any sales agency typically has, you know, that reputation to the general public. But one of the things that has damaged phone prospecting and its effectiveness is offshoring of these phone calls. So you can offshore and outsource the phone calls to call centers. They have them in Jamaica. They have them in the Philippines. They have them all over the place. I'm talking the the big ones, right? And they will cover, I mean, you know, when you're talking in terms of real estate, the number of calls and contacts that are made by these people, it's absolutely insane because they'll have someone whose sole job is to sit there for 12 hours a day and, and it's cheap, right? 
But the problem is they don't speak proper English. They're not the professional themselves. They have an accent that indicates that either they're someone from somewhere else, which is completely fine. But then you know how it is when you get called by a call center. You know you're not talking to the person who's providing the service, typically. Oh, absolutely. You know. and, and and I'm instantly turned off. Instantly turned off. Or there's that, you say hello, and there's that awkward pause. Yes. Where it's them now, either if they're on a, a dialer program, where it, there's a delay. Yeah. So you say hello, and then you almost hear this kind of clicking. Yeah. And then it's like, hello, and then it's... And then they're like, oh, no, no, no. Right, or whatever. <laughs> you know that this is not... This isn't somebody calling on behalf of me. Yeah. Like, it is, but it isn't. Yeah. They are using, it, it's just a dialing, and they're not the salesperson. When I call, I mean, and I could script these people, and you know what? That wouldn't be a bad thing. No, but even still, even still, these people still find business. They still find business. Because to your point, it's about action. So- you could take somebody who's completely talented, who is the guy that you're going to be working with, who is the person that wants to come out to your house, who is the person that's going to be developing your podcast, right? You could have that person on the phone making 100 contacts a day, which is a lot, which will yield a lot of business, actually. And then you have call center in the Philippines making 1,000 contacts a day. The Philippines call center will generate more business. It just will. It's a numbers game. Even with the ineffectiveness factor, they will still set more appointments. So is that something we should be doing then? I don't think so. I mean, I think it's more specialized. You know, there are opportunities that are better than that and a lot less expensive than that. It's not cheap to hire these people. I mean, going on a day by day basis. I mean, if you paid them, for I'm talking day. every day, all day. Well, at this point, we don't even have that many leads for them, to... but they can develop it. But I'm just saying the whole piece is, you know, it's it's like an employee. Basically, it's about the cost of a full time employee to really get it set up and to run it constantly. You know what I'm saying? And they do a great job. I'm not saying that they don't do a great job. But for me, for example, it wasn't a good fit. Some of my friends run big real estate teams where they've got 20, 30 agents and they don't care if the lead is in Savannah, Georgia. They don't care. You know what I mean? So they can employ these people to call vast swaths of swaths. Yeah, just vast areas of places where I don't want to do business personally. I'm not set up for that. I'm Milton, Alpharetta, Roswell, Buckhead. You know what I mean? That's that's all I'm really interested. I mean, I'll go a little further, but not that much further. I'm not going to Douglasville. I'm not going to Stockbridge. What about Skulky, Illinois? I'm not going any of those places, man. And so for me, I'm focusing on the markets that I want to be in and that style of prospecting because I'm more of a specialized, specific niche. It doesn't work for me. I can't give them enough data. I don't have enough data to give them. They're like, we need another 10 zip codes. I'm like, I gave you the 
only 10 zip codes. <laughs> I gave you the only thing I had. <laughs> the, the only 10. I don't want any other fucking I zip. need you to make something out of these 10. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, look, population of these 10 zip codes like 500,000. I know y'all hadn't talked to 500,000 people already. No, but we already called through all the data. You know what I mean? Call through it again. Yeah. You know? Hit him again. <laughs> this time, switch your voice. <laughs> but, but ultimately, that's where, it, you know, it can become annoying. You know what I mean? But I think you're better off with something like we're talking about having a person who is scripted and knows what questions to ask, whether it was me or you or someone else, this other person, but someone local. We've got real estate offices that they could work out of. We've got places they could show up. I just got another office for out of a deal that I did. You know, so we've got places that someone could show up and make calls. You know what I mean? But the point is that I think to have someone that we can work toward, like you're saying, an action-oriented person, we could work the scripts into them. We could do some role-playing with them. We're ultimately setting up a, an appointment. That's their job. Their only job is to set an appointment with someone. And that's where we come in and, to, and, and we pick up the football at the appointment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Essentially. You know, it could be us setting the appointment so that we can get back in and pick up the football and go through the appointment. Right. But a sale is typically not going to be made on an initial call. The purpose of the initial call is just to set the appointment. You know, and then there's a lot of things that follow after that. But yeah, I, I love it, man. I think it's great. So, yeah. And so one of the things that I'm looking at actually for the cold email portion. And so we haven't set up our six month plan yet, but I am trying to employ certain tactics and there is a company and we are employing, I will be honest, some AI into our steps to help. Dude, the speed. AI shit is crazy. I really need to get with Matt on the real estate thing. Well, Matt is so busy and he's working on this thing. He doesn't even have time at the moment. I'm just telling you. I get it. And I'm sure he will, but he is building. He's working for himself, building this other thing that, that he's been working on for years, trying to employ and then activate our stuff and his other stuff at the same time. So That's awesome. things have kind of been up and down a little bit because of he was pulled in another direction. But we found this company. It's called Instantly AI. Yeah. Instantly AI, while we were thinking we could use this other template, this other company called Airtable, yeah. which is freaking amazing. It's like a fucking Excel spreadsheet on crack. Yeah. We're thinking now by instantly AI is straight cold emails. So not only will they help you set up your cold email campaign, but they also have an added bonus where they will provide you with leads qualified leads like what we how we were acquiring our leads before we wouldn't even need to go that route for just a monthly like 44 bucks a month gives right. you like ten thousand leads right like accurate leads yeah. so you can keep filling the hopper for hyper growth which is one of their packages it yeah. would probably cost us like 120 bucks a month i'm almost to the point of going okay well we try it for three months and if it were, you know, if we get one qualified sale out of that, that pays for itself 10 times. Yeah. 
and that's just the cold email, but it takes a couple weeks to get set up, but we're going to also need a landing page immediately right. to for these leads to go to. And I guess that's better than going to our website at the present moment. I don't know really the difference, but I guess the landing page is just a specific form. Set the appointment. That's what it's all about. You know, book the call. Book the call. Yeah, or whatever. Set the appointment. It's the same thing as a call. Yeah. You know, put a calendar on there to where they could like book it immediately. Absolutely. And if they're not going to do that, then they're not a real lead, you know? Ultimately, yeah. yeah, schedule a call and or have a fill out a form for us to call you back. Yeah, I mean, typically, sure. so that's where we are with that. So, this is what I was employing with our daily stoic of the day, which kind of went into how I was teaching this other person the art of the cold contact. Yeah, it's called Learn, Practice, Train. Philosophers warn us not to be satisfied with mere learning, but to add practice and then training. For as time passes, we forget what we learned and end up doing the opposite, and hold opinions the opposite of what we should. Very few people can simply watch an instructional video or hear something explained and then know, backward and forward, how to do it. Most of us actually have to do something several times in order to truly learn. That is the best way. Uh, Doing, having it explained to you or reiterating why you're doing this step is crucial to most people's learning. Yes, absolutely. Give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime, right? 100%, man. One of the hallmarks of martial arts, military training, and athletic training of almost any kind is the hours upon hours upon hours of monotonous practice. What is it, 10,000 hours in doing something before you become a true expert on that subject? Yeah. I mean, 10,000 hours of being on a podcast, 10,000 hours of... I mean, look what 10,000... Have we done 10,000 hours? No. No way. No? Shit. If you include editing in there, that's like doubling the amount of... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we could add it up. Maybe. It's a lot. Nah, well... It t- I, th- a- I forget the calculation, but I think six hours a day takes 10 years or something like that. Oh, we haven't done 10,000 hours. We're probably... We even hit a thousand hours. Right? I don't know, but like if you take six hours a day, right? So just rough, rough number, six hours times, you know, it's almost a yeah, five days. It's a almost week. a thousand hours. But let's say, I mean, is it seven days a week or five days? How many days a week? You know I guess what I mean? It just depends. You're right. Yeah, probably yeah. six, seven years. So if you said six hours times five days a week, right? So that's thirty hours a week times, let's say, eleven months, because you're not going to even do five days a week every week. There's probably four weeks. That you're going to be on your birthday or something like that, right? We're probably at like 500 hours. Three, 3,000, you know, a couple thousand a year. What is it? Six hours times five, that's 30, times four, that's 120, times 11, right, is like 1,300, right? 1,300. Yeah. I mean, it would take you like... Seven to 10 years. Seven years. Seven, eight years, yeah. Right. It's about 10 years. So, yeah... Full-time employment. So, okay. So, you and I, you know, doing this podcast alone. So, for me, in editing, I'm probably at 10 years. Real close, 10,000 hours. Like, as far as being an audio editor for the Bird Show. Yeah, I mean, so you could say I'm somewhat of an expert. Well, yeah, and here you are with your own podcast and 
launching a company that provides audio editing services and studio build out and all that good yeah. stuff. So, so and that's yeah. something that you can do after you put in 10,000 hours. Yeah. <laughs> so getting back to what I was saying, an athlete at the highest level will train for years to perform movements that can last mere seconds or less. The two minute drill, how to escape from a chokehold, the perfect jumper, Simply knowing isn't enough. It must be absorbed into the muscles and the body. It must become part of us, or we risk losing if the second that we experience stress or difficulty. It is true with philosophical principles as well. You can't just hear something once and expect to rely on it when the world is crashing down around you. Remember, Marcus Aurelius wasn't writing his meditations for other people. He was actively meditating for himself. Even as a successful, wise, and experienced man, he was, until the last days of his life, practicing and training himself to do the right thing. I remember back in the day, Ben, with a good friend of ours, CJ, we went to Costa Rica, and I bought this, like, I called it the Bible. Yeah. It was like one of these, uh, it was one of these journal-type books, but it was done with, like, this weathered leather and it had this parchment paper that yeah. looked like it was from like it didn't have lines on it yeah. it looked like it was so amazing that my fountain pen because that's how i love to write in it just the way that the ink just absorbed into this paper yeah. this paper was thick and it was looked old yeah. it, it, it looks like it was you a know, journal yeah it looks sick and what i was doing i was reading all these like amazing books like good to great yeah and uh i remember being in Costa Rica and sitting down and taking, you know, excerpts or taking, you know, lines from this book and just basically I wrote the name of the book and I would just take things out of the book and write them. Yeah. Why was I doing that? It wasn't for someone else to read. It's because you could read something and then forget about it or forgot what you read 10 minutes later. But when you read something and you read it again and then you're actually copying it and writing it line by line, you absorb it better. Right. Right? I mean, yeah. for me, like, you know, you write it down and then you're forced to read mm -hmm. and slow and absorb each sentence Absolutely. and each word. And so I've done that throughout my life many, many times. It's been a long time since I actually did that, but which I should. Because you know what? You forget what you back. know. It's helpful to go back and read old things, too, because yeah. you remember the mindset you're in. But what you're talking about when you write things down, you know, when you copy things, for example, you know, you're literally you're reading it with your eyes. You're also writing with your eyes. This is a physical moment. And then you're reading it as you write it as well. Right. So it's a loop. Yeah. And it's a very, very powerful loop. Like a black belt. He was still showing up to the dojo every day to roll. Like a professional athlete, he still showed up to practice each week, even though others probably thought it was unnecessary. Tra that's what it is. You learn, you practice, you train. Learn, practice, and train. And in this instance, train means train yourself. Yeah. But also, it could be applied to learn, practice, and train somebody else yeah. and duplicate your efforts. Yes. And give somebody else an opportunity as well to step up to the plate. Absolutely. Do they want to be part of something groundbreaking? Do they want to be part of something growing? Right. And that could change their lives. Yes. Now, like for this person who I'm giving the opportunity to, the opportunity. Opportunity. To, I know 
this could be a game changer for them. I know it. I believe it. Do they believe it? And are they willing to go through the uncomfortable steps? Because cold calling isn't comfortable. Most of the time you wake up in the morning and you're like, I don't want to do this. Even though each potential person you call is worth X. And that's how you have to look at it. And that's how I trained him. So you got to think. If this person's a no, if this person's a no, if this person's a no, fine. Or at least no for right now, depending on how you leave it with them. Maybe there'll be a no forever, but you're planting the seed and then we're plugging them in. If they say no, well, they're about to be added to our email list anyway, and we're about to start hitting them with periodic email, you know, so they don't forget about us and they don't forget about the opportunity or ask for the referral. Fine. You're not interested. If you know anybody, boom. And so each one is worth X dollars of yeah. residual income in this case. So, and, I, and I've given them great examples of knocking on doors for real estate, which I used to do. Every house, depending on the area that you're in, in the areas that I used to knock on doors, was a potential tear down opportunity or like an assemblage where I'm right. trying to piece multiple properties together and sell it to a developer. Right. But each one of those properties at the minimum was worth a $600,000 sale just yeah. for raw land. So each one's worth about 40K. No, absolutely. And so if it's a no, fine. When you get to that, yes, 40K. What's helped me over the long term, because I've been doing this long term daily, the money makes it exciting for a little while. But what I've found keeps me in the game is considering what it is that someone else is getting ready to go through if they say yes. You know what I mean? So it means a lot of different things for them, basically. But there's one way to wrap all that up into one sentence, and it's that they need help. If I look at it and I say, okay, look, I know for a fact, just the numbers prove it. In that neighborhood right there, somebody in that neighborhood needs my help right now. They are in a situation in their life where they need to move and they don't know who to use. And me showing up is going to be like a sign to them. And it is a sign because I'm looking for them and they're looking for me. And I'm going to be the one that takes the action and goes in here to find them. I just thought about something. When you go up to the door and you do get that, yes, yeah. this person is in need. You should rip open your shirt. Yeah. And there'd be like a Superman emblem, like, but, or, or like a, a giant emblem. bee or a giant bee or something like that's the way I explain it to my salespeople too, because I'm like, guys, ultimately we're here to make money. That's true. But especially in this particular economy, if you find somebody who has to sell and that's what we're looking for, because we're not in an environment where, oh, it'd be nice. No, that's a year ago. Right. So from the food media perspective, Somebody on this list needs what we are offering. They don't know where to go. They have a need. They either are wanting to provide this service to their clients or they themselves have a voice that they want to get out into the world and they don't know what to do. They don't know who to use. And so by contacting them, it's going to become immediately apparent that this is the solution that they've been looking for and we can help them with their project. And that mentality, I've found, keeps me 
out of the mindset of the term cold contacting. I mean, it just sounds horrible. It sounds like a cold shower. You know what I mean? Or it sounds like being trapped outside on the back porch without a blanket. It you know? sounds like <laughs> a bad case of blue balls. Yeah. It's, just, it's just horrible. It sounds like, the you know, you get up in the morning, it's cold outside and the hot water heater is broken. Oh, you man. know, that's your cold As life. As I said, it sounds like a horrible case of blue balls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is what it is, but the point is that it can help a little bit to put that perspective in regards to Alex or Mosey. I think he's really one of the guys who has latched on to the idea of the fact that the basics are what makes things happen and your ability to build a big business, your ability to build something bigger than just what you can do is based on your ability to scale the basics. Correct. And that is something profound that he, he, you know, a lot of people have said that, but he says it in a way where you're like, damn, he's right. Like I've somehow, I've got to duplicate myself. I've got to duplicate what I do. Because if you don't, you are just a high paid employee. That's right. And then what it comes down to, because like, is that the best investment you can make is investing in people. Absolutely. You have to invest in people. That becomes your business is your investment in others and the results that that produces. I mean, you know. Yeah. And to duplicate your efforts so you don't have to be there because that's what makes a business valuable. Or so he that even, you have the leads. Well, right. But he even know? says, you know, if the business is based on your ass 50 hours a week generating $20 million a year. You go to sell your business, yep. it's going to be worth very little because it's all relied on yeah, you. Yeah. If you build your business to where this thing runs without you, yes. that $20 million a year, you could sell yep. for $50 million yeah. because it's not based on you waking up because you could die. And then yeah. what's left of the business? That's right. I mean, so it's really... Will this business run without you? Right. And that makes it purchasable yep. and valuable yep. to a bigger company that wants to acquire you. Absolutely. And so that's essentially, while I'm not looking to build something necessarily to sell it, but I wouldn't be opposed to it after it's generating a shitload of money. But yeah, we don't want it to be based on just my efforts or one person's effort. We want to build a system. Right. A wheel. That's right. A cog. Yeah. Where everything is working. And a wagon. A wagon wheel. And that is essentially marketing is like a wagon wheel. Yeah. It is a wheel, you know, spokes. Each spoke is a different vital support mechanism in your marketing. It's like that song. Rock me, mama, like a wagon wheel. <laughs> hey, baby, rock me. Once again, thanks for listening to the Manfuse podcast. I am Kay Lee, your audio producer and host. Ben H., my co-host. What's up? Stay, hit us up at manfuse.com or 770-744-5227. Thanks again. Holla. Full Media.